Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville. Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Hope everyone is doing well, enjoying these beautiful summer days. Hope you're having a weird time of it. Uh, With me today is my co-host, Mr. Adam Beebe. Adam, how are you, sir? Hey, Barry. I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. I looked out my back window this morning, or my kitchen window this morning while I was making my coffee, and I noticed my landlord out in the backyard uh, digging some holes. So Uh I don't know what that's all about, but uh, (laughs) I'm going to make sure sure my rent's on time all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a little weird. That's a little weird. I thought you were going to tell me that you saw some birds or something out there. Yeah, no, no. Usually I'll see, you know, I'll see like uh, uh, some squirrels or, yeah, birds and some uh, woodchucks. And uh, we got some woodchucks that live out there in the back and... And of course, you know, a lot of feral cats. But uh, nice. Well, how deep are these holes? Well, you know, I uh, I couldn't really get a good look because I just saw him standing over to the. I heard the sound, and then I saw him standing over to the side with this uh, hand on resting on arm resting on uh, the sh- shovel and wiping his brow. Ah, and just real and realized that you know he's making holes. So. Uh, <laughs> I haven't looked yet. I'm kind of scared, but we'll find out. Um, we'll find out for we'll sure. We'll find out. That's for yeah. sure. That's great. Well, uh, yeah, we've become bird people. Uh, Have you? Yeah. Like, uh, we, uh, we we put bird feeders out. And nice, nice. It's just, it's one of those things where you just sort of embrace it. It's like, mm-hmm. I kind of like watching birds. Uh, yeah, bir- yeah. Birds are interesting animals. and. Dude. You know what I mean? The hierarchy Absolutely. of birds and um, the pecking order, as it were. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we've also got some owls around here, which is kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, we saved one. Um, he oh, cool. or she fell out of the nest, and uh, we kind of nursed it back to life. Um, those are really, really fascinating birds, those those owls. You know? Yes, they are. They are beautiful, beautiful. And, uh, so yeah, so we've, uh, we've become bird people and I, funny enough, like I, I, I just to go to sleep last night, I put on that movie, uh, the big year, is that what it's called? The big year, uh, with, uh, it's about the birders with, uh, Owen, uh, Owen Wilson and Jack Black and Steve, uh, Steve Carell. No, no, no. Steve, uh, Martin. Martin. Yeah. 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 You know, I, never, I haven't seen that, but <laughs> it's, it's, I have always wanted to. I forgot, I forgot about yeah. it. But. You talk about nerds, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I like it so much is because it's like, I could, I really get into shit, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if, if mm-hmm. I know that if, if I got into birds, I would mm-hmm. be that guy. I would want to go and try to see as many as I could to record in my book and, and set yeah. the record or something. You know, it's just, uh, <laughs> It's it's a funny movie, so uh, dude, I see a future hobby for you opening up right here. Yeah, yeah, on the, on the podcast. Well, I've sure. already got binoculars. My wife bought me yeah. binoculars because she's like, I know you like watching birds. So do you have a, do you have a field guide? <laughs> I do, do I a, do. I have. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There, look, look, just embrace it, man. Embrace I am. Your, I am. Your weird hobby. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I need any more. Right. I know. <laughs> Speaking oh, of man. weird hobbies, man, we got freaking this show today, man, is uh this is a good one. This is a yes, yes, yes. And it's uh it's a hobby for our guest. Um but I've gotta say, I probably learned more in this episode than I have maybe in, in all the other episodes, uh, because it was just so fascinating. And mm-hmm. um our our guest today is Scott. Scott Tompkins, and he has he has a really interesting background that's helped him create 
a, a very interesting thing for people that have cited Bigfoot to get involved with and report them. Mm-hmm. And he's going to tell us about uh, the, his experiences that kind of uh, sparked the the inclination to um, to make this this project that he started during during lockdown. So. Um, yeah, it was great talking to Scott, but we'll get right to it then. Hey, Scott, uh, thank you for joining us. What's your weird story? Well, first off, thank you for having me. My new best friend, my two new best friends, my <laughs> okey best friends. Absolutely, um, man. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I'm really excited to share some of my stories and a bit about the Bigfoot Mapping Project. But most importantly, first, I will start off with, uh, I guess, my second weirdest story and then i'll jump into my first weirdest story and they both relate to bigfoot uh the first one uh i'm older than i look i hope but i'm 35 so this happened about 21 years ago in beacon on mount beacon and my friend and i were hiking to the top we were trying to get around to the fire tower right there's a fire tower on the top of the mountain where you can see the new york city skyline it's beautiful and like during the summer there's nothing else to do at that time it wasn't uh the town it is now it's really bustling now so like let's go hiking yeah all right cool we're uh probably racing each other to the top if i had to guess and we got to the turn the part of the trail where you cross a dam and you get around to the backside of the reservoir and you start to go towards the fire tower. So we're going around probably around the second or third little cove in the reservoir. And, um, we, we round the back of it and we cross this little muddy stream. And when, as soon as we kind of get through the mud and start to go back uphill, there's a ridge, like a small ridge. Uh, and you can tell it just goes back over, you know, and kind of goes into a, a, a ravine, but there's trees on it. And what, right when we start to, you know, head that direction, this, this tree, uh, and you measure a tree, it's DBH diameter of breast height. So this tree, um, probably 12 inches DBH just mm-hmm. starts violently shaking from like the bottom all the way to the canopy. And it's probably 30 feet tall. So, like, there's, it's not something you or I could easily violently shake. We can move it, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. so we're like, whoa. We stop in our tracks and we're like, okay, this is not normal. And then all of a sudden you just start to hear this roar, like this guttural gorilla roar, right? So it's just like primal. Just we're frozen with fear. And like, you know, how that when you get so scared, it's that fight or flight response. And yeah. We both, I think it made it worse because we were kids, right? And we both looked at each other and we were like, nope. And we just booked it down the mountain, right? So that's my first experience. And, you know, it's kind of like, all right, we're kids. Could have been a few people messing with us. But it was just, if you were there, the volume and the tone of that, the timbre of that roar was just like nothing I'd ever heard before. And, I mean, 14 you know enough about, you know, wildlife and if you've hiked and you know what's in the area. We have bears, yeah. but like sure. I've never heard a bear roar like this, right? Ever. So yeah. Yeah. That's the first story. Twelve and twelve that, inches. Twelve inches is hey, that's nothing to to laugh at either. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good sized tree. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's to be like shaking. A, yeah, it's like I mean, and that's really a, yeah, at your chest height, right? So that's twelve inches. Yeah. Four feet off the ground, let's say, right? Right. At, so at the could, very least. So you, the base would easily probably be easily like a twenty inches, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. You know, yes. and this is thick, dense. I mean, that's thick, dense wood. Like, if you're getting over to it, and you're, you know, a big dude, just a nor, you know, uh, uh, going over, and you could, I bet you could probably move it like a quarter of an inch, you know. Right. Pushing really hard on it at that air le- that that level, yeah, you're not going to be able to just you're not going to be able to shake it like that, like you're saying, like that. No, this was like just back and forth, like damn. So, did your friend did did you did you and your friend have anything like to say like after like have you spoke? After? Oh, we're still friends. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And um, 
uh, we both just booked it. And when we got down to the mountain, we were like, what, what was that? Could it be like, we were just, I had no clue what it could have been. Neither of us jumped right to Bigfoot. You know, we were like, yeah, yeah, it was weird. Like, actually, if I remember correctly, we were probably like, do you think it was the hermit guy that lives up there? You know, like, cause there's a rumor. Actually, it's not really a rumor. He does live up there or used to, there's like, he used to live up on the mountain and only come down every once in a while and get supplies and stuff. We were like, had to be that guy, had to be that guy. Didn't want us there for some reason. Just trying to scare us. So we just. Wait, right. So wait, there was a, the, tell us about the hermit. What, what's the rumors about the hermit guy then? <laughs> so there's a guy apparently growing up that um, a bunch of people on Mount Beacon 20 years ago anyway, give or take around oh, oh, the early 2000s. Well, he lived up there. He just, he just decided that's where he was going to live. And, you know, my a friend of mine's father, I never thought I'd be talking about this really, actually, now that uh, you're asking me, but uh, a friend of mine, her father, used to mountain bike all the time on the mountain. There's a lot of trails. And he would say, oh, yeah, I see him all the time. He'll just sit on the side of the hill and just watch me. Or, like, he'll be walking down the trail. Or if I'm riding my bike, he'll just, you know, he won't even say hi. He'll just walk. And he's just, that was it. He was just there. Like, people would see him and then. That was it. It was always just, oh, yeah, I saw that guy. He lives there. Oh, yeah, he's always up there. Weird. Nobody, I don't know his name. I don't even know what he looks like. He's an apparition to me. So Weird, creepy uh, guy. Yeah, so we just attributed all that to, right. it was easy to do, right? Like, had to be that guy. He's like, of course, you know. Nowadays, I'm like, man, I'm jealous of that guy's life. Like, he did it right. <laughs> like, man, if I could go live on a mountain and everybody left me alone, that would be great. Be uh, but a smart guy. But back then, you're a kid, right? And you're scared. Yeah. You're naturally just, you don't know, understand why people might go do that or whatever. So you're scared, right? You just, sure. it's different. He's scary. So, yeah. Um, so that's what we attributed it to. And looking back, um, I really think that having had the second experience I have, right. Um, I think it could have been a Bigfoot, right. Uh, it could have been, I can't say definitively, right. Right. Though, right. I'd be, it would be just a guess, but the second, the second encounter, and this is much more, um, much more interesting. I would, I would say was here. I was hunting, here in Texas and I love to hunt. I'm frequently out. I hunt in Colorado, Washington, here, New York, anywhere I get a chance to go, I'll go. Um, even if I don't see any deer or whatever, it's just a chance to be outside. Sure. So, um, I was hunting here in Texas. I was lucky enough to get uh, permission from a rancher to hunt on a portion, a very small portion of his ranch um to give you some perspective this guy's ranch who's he's a phenomenal guy um very very generous and very very nice um he has eleven thousand acre ranch roughly with tons of cattle on it Mm -hmm. um and so he gave me permission to hunt like a 200 acre area and i really focus on a 40 acre ish river bottom um And it's, it's perfect. I mean, it's a pass through the deer travel right along the river bottom, hogs, bobcats, actually bobcat there. Uh, I got off that property and, um, wow. And the deer behind me, actually, I shot that. Wow. wow. So, um, anyway, I was, uh, bow hunting in October and I didn't see anything. I very, I bow hunt from the ground, so I don't typically see a lot of stuff. Um, the, the river bottom area isn't conducive to tree stands per se, right? So, yeah. and I also like to ground bow hunt from the ground. I just think it's pretty cool. So it's challenging. And uh, so I'm walking out. It's dark. I'm walking out. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I didn't see anything. I don't even see a hog. Great. And you know, got skunked again. And I, I go through the barbed wire fence because there's a running. Um, East West, there's a barbed wire fence and you go through it from the river bottom into the pasture. And I park my truck like, you know, pretty far away in the pasture behind a, a, a row of like scrub brush. So it's pretty hidden from where I am and it's far enough away where it's not going to spook the deer or anything. So I'm walking back to my truck and I'm probably 
30 yards from my truck with the barbed wire fence on my left and it's dark, dark enough. And I can see like this shadow behind like scrub brush and you're from Oklahoma, you know, everything's like kind of pointy and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everything's just got thorns on it or it just, yep. yeah. So there's sand burrs and all that kind of stuff where yeah. I hunt and it's a sandy, sandy river bottom. So really usually all you see there are hogs, especially if it's like a dark mass like that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And you guys know there's tons of hogs where, where you're from too. Tons, tons. Yeah. 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 I've seen some big ones that I thought were cows up there. Um, so anyway, I'm like, okay, I'll just watch this hog. I'm, I have my bow. I'm not going to, it's dark. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to let it go on its way, get out of my way. And then I'll walk to my truck. Cause you know, sometimes if they're spooked, they can chase you. And I just didn't feel like risking it. So I just didn't know I was there. didn't want to startle it. And for clarity, sorry, I want to jump in here, but for clarity, when he, when, when Scott's talking about hogs, he means wild hogs. He means, Oh, sorry. Razorbacks. Um, Cause I know there's a bunch of people out there who are, um, not, you know, natural hunters like, uh, well, like you guys, cause I'm not one. Um, uh, <laughs> they didn't, they, I'm, I'm the one boy in town. They didn't allow to have a gun and, uh, <laughs> just because, you know, I was probably, uh, a, you know, I would have been a, uh, a hazard probably <laughs> so, not with like, I was going to kill people, but more to myself than anybody. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, I just uh, no, I, I would the, the hunting type, um, and and I'm still not, and that's that's totally cool. But um, but yeah, you're talking about the wild boar, and they are yeah. So it's if you're thinking about just like you know little pigs trotting around, it's not that. It's their it's their uh, tough uh, yeah. gangster uh, cousins. The average, I mean, uh, an average size boar, male wild hog would probably weigh anywhere from 250 to 400 pounds right mm-hmm. average yeah. and their head their head is pretty big and they and can, they can really, shit up yeah they, yeah, yeah, they yeah, can yeah. they have a yeah. they have behind their head they have it's like called a shield and it's really thick hide and sometimes even if you shoot them it doesn't really depends on what you shoot them with right it yeah. doesn't even penetrate so and if um, you got 20 if you got 35 40 of those coming through your yard which happened, they can boom. Yeah, so when I say yeah. I didn't want to get chased, I mean it. I, yeah, like, yeah. I just to put things into like, oh, he's scared of a little baby pig. Uh-uh. <laughs> right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. This thing was big. It would have been, if it were a boar, it would have been in the 300-pound range. And um, and they're all muscle. So I was like, yeah. no, I'm just going to be calm, be quiet, observe, and just let it do its thing. You don't have to shoot everything you see, you know? So, um. I just stood there and after I made this decision, I was just kind of watching and then it, it must've re- registered that I was there and it stood up. I mean, full on stood up both arms out at its side front facing me. And this thing looked like it had football pads on its arms were just massive. And I could see like the silhouette of its hand like this, you know? Yeah. And its head was just like, like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Seriously, it's mm. and this thing on my camera is like out of focus now, right? Of course, as I'm telling, um, it'll work itself out. So um, I'm just standing there, and I literally all I could say was like, "Whoa!" Um, it was crazy, and so I said, "Whoa!" And we, I stood there for what felt like ten minutes. I'm gonna fix my camera because it's annoying the heck out of me. There we go. And uh, this thing, Bigfoot. I could only think it would be Bigfoot, right? Squats back down. So, because I said I just said whoa, and it must have heard me. Like I didn't scream, or I was yeah. just like whoa, like to myself, like in awe, whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it sat there for I guess probably a couple seconds, and then I'm like, whoa, sh- shit, what do I do? Like, yeah. So I don't know if you've heard me tell this story, but all I could think to say was like. I see you. Literally, that's all I said. I see you. <laughs> that's all I said. And a couple seconds, like it must have just, it got back up, turned around, and just booked it through like all the bramble, 
all the, this this stand of trees along the fence line, and all I could hear was wow. like breaking branches and wow, swishing through the grass. And it, it people, uh, my my fiance is even like, yeah, yeah, you know, you saw a person out there. I'm like, no, 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 like it, you got to see. Let me take you to where this thing ran through. Yeah, because I walk through and I get cut and bleed from thorns and. It goes through your pants. It goes through, yeah. you know, if you're running and you're in the dark and you're not familiar with that area, it's hard enough to walk and run on a path. Yeah. This thing, Bigfoot, I'm going to call it Bigfoot because in my mind, that's a logical explanation. And right. uh, it just, it just, it just, whatever was in its way went right over it. So it, it was massive. If this was, I mean, it was a NBA slash NFL player, just athletic and yeah. huge. Yeah. So, I mean, how that's about, my, that, how, about how tall? Do you know about yeah. how tall it was? Or? I, I went to the scrub, the, the bush was about to where it was squatting behind this bush in the daylight. Because um, I can tell you right now, the next thing I did was go right to my truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, right yeah, in my yeah. truck, and I was like, Whew, "Okay, let's get nope, the heck out of here." No High beams are on, um, <clears throat> right? So, uh, I, the next weekend, um, which would have been, I was hunting on a weeknight, so it would have been like a, a, probably the Saturday. I don't really remember the days; I'd have to look back. But I went and got into the, you know, walked to the area where it was uh, squatting, and uh, it was probably behind like a three to four foot. I don't even know what you call it, like a, just a sand plum kind of bush, you know? Yeah, sure. And bramble-ish bush. Like, you could see through it, but it made it, it had enough foliage on it where you knew there was something there. And uh, it, that bush came to just above it, like right at its navel. Sure. So, I don't know. That's a pretty seven, good size. Yeah, that's a pretty seven. good size. Yeah, it was like, yeah. if, even if it was a person. I was in trouble. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm like 5'8, I'm 35, I'm out of shape. Uh, like, there was no way that that person, if they wanted to, like, it just, in my mind, no, they didn't verbally respond to anything. Mm -hmm. It just turned and ran through this. Just, I need to, you know, what I need to do is I need to go there and take pictures so I can mm -hmm. yeah. have them available so I can show people. But, um, man, yeah. So, that's crazy. Uh, Damn. Answer your question. It's probably about six and a half, seven feet tall. Really. Sure. Is did you check? Did you check to see if it was if it was squatting for a reason? Did you check to see if there was any stool or anything over there? I went and looked around for footprints, even uh, stool, anything, hair. I found deer hair, um, but that's very obvious that it's deer. Yeah, yeah. There's a ton going through there, um, but I didn't find anything. And like I said earlier, it's all uh, sandy, silty mm. kind of yeah, river bottom yeah. area. It's mainly sand. Yeah. So, which is it, hard to even move with in. a good. That's right. Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. Um, but even footprints or anything, they're there. And then you know, gone. if it's windy or if it's yeah. rainy, it's yeah. gone pretty quick. So yeah. So it's unfortunate. I really was expecting to find like something, and it's just. Is that area known for that sightings? Well, or? I so I went and looked at the map and there's really not a lot, but, uh, why I think there may not be that many sightings in that area is this is a big ranching area between Eagle Lake and like Sealy and Columbus. Mm -hmm. There's so many large property owners out there with that own literally thousands of acres. Right. So we're talking square miles where nobody lives and it's just, right. Just cattle. Right. Yeah. Or like wildlife It's just scrub land or cattle or pasture. Yeah. So, the likelihood of somebody being out there other than maybe a hunter or a rancher to see something is slim. So I think sure. that can kind of explain why it's a, a, a lower number of sightings because you need people to have a sighting, which makes sense. But, um, yeah. So to answer your question, no, it's, there's not a lot of sightings that are reported out there. And now yeah. the, the rancher that I, um, that owns the property where I hunt, he and I, I, we talk quite a bit when we visit, and um, I love hearing stories because he's, he's, this ranch has been his family since they settled Texas, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, he tells me all about the land, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, we've always caught 
shot big predators out here and he like the average size coyote out here is like 35 pounds so they're kind of smaller um yeah. the rule of thumb for mammals uh, especially is the further you you go north right uh, up in latitude the bigger the mass of the animal right so mm-hmm. um i forget the name of the rule but it's a it's a some kind of scientific rule um i'll have to google it after the show but anyway, so the hotter it is, the closer to the equator you get, the generally the smaller the yeah. mammals are. So coyotes here aren't huge. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, we get coyotes out here. And the bobcats, we, sh- we shot a coyote in the 70s that was like 55 pounds. That's huge by nice good size. standards. Yeah. So, um, you know, he tells me all about this weird stuff that's happened out there and these large animals. So it, it tells me that there's it's definitely an area that's really and there's a bald eagle nest not far from where i sit oh wow uh so it's a very um it's a, a very good area that can support a lot of wildlife so yeah uh, i think there's definitely weird stuff out there but people don't tend to share that with somebody they don't know very well right like I won't yeah, walk, yeah yeah i'm not gonna walk yeah up yeah, yeah. Like, hey <laughs> yeah. tell me all the weird stuff yeah you it might make you think you're crazy look, look yeah the exactly back. Just share yeah. it with me Yes, you know. Yeah. So, and, uh, and but same, he did. Oh, same, I was going to say this same thing for you. Like, I'm sure you were a little bit sort of hanging on to that, and probably didn't want to say too much because you didn't, right. you know, maybe want him to think, you know, well, this guy. Who's this guy? What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> Who's this yeah. guy? I'm letting him out yeah. here with a gun on my property. Right. Yeah. right. But uh, no, he and I have talked quite a bit. He's actually really cool. Um, That's awesome. So I'm quite lucky to have just crossed paths with him and, and get out there. I'm very grateful for that, actually. So, uh, but those are my stories. Those are my bigfoot. That's stories. amazing, man. Those are awesome, man. Are it's, you? Are are you like? Obviously, you've come to the conclusion that that that's what you saw. Um, for sure, on the in here know, in Texas, yes, and and it, for sure. I mean, I I'm just just to tell the listeners, I mean. You seem to be a pretty squared away guy as far as like, you know, pretty down to earth. And and obviously we've always said this, that hunters, people that are really like involved with wildlife and understand terrain and and animals that there's there's just there's an added sort of like respect that uh, that you bring to a story like that where you know, maybe somebody coming at it from a different angle or, or, you know, maybe not, maybe they wouldn't sort of have, they wouldn't carry that sort of weight Mm -hmm. to a story. But the fact that you know so much about, about what you're looking at, it really is fascinating, man. That's a, it's a great story, man. And we've had a couple, we had a gentleman on from Southeastern Oklahoma that shared a Bigfoot story with us. That was really interesting. That kind of, when you're talking about that, it reminds me of kind of what he was he was talking about as well. There are some areas here. We've had some stories from closer to where we grew up here in Oklahoma that is a bit more flat, but still still some some hill areas, a little more populated area. Um, but the stories are still there, and it's interesting because we grew up here and we didn't really grow up hearing those stories until later on. Hey everybody, you're listening to the What Your Weird Story podcast. You probably knew that already because you're listening or downloaded to the episode off of your iTunes or your Spotify or whatever place you get your podcast from. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to remind you to like us, follow us, subscribe to us, make sure that you get your new podcast episode every week. We'd also like to ask you to rate and review so that we can grow our audience and we can have more friends, we can have more stories. So thanks for listening to What's Your Weird Story. Did that awaken something in you? Did you did it flip a switch with you at that moment where you're like, now I'm really curious about this creature and what I saw? So that's a that's a really good question. I uh, that's a good lead in actually. I had previously started during quarantine. The Bigfoot mapping project because my background is GIS 
and I've been in the field, like we were talking about doing geophysical exploration, managing field operations. I was like, you know, it would be really interesting to leverage this technology, crowdsourcing stuff and maps and and make it a project where people could get their sightings and reports into a database. And then we mm. could do some some analysis on that standardized data set. And I had started this, pro- the Bigfoot mapping project uh, during quarantine. I guess it would have been March of the previous year before I was hunting. Okay. So I'm out there, you know, I just told you the story and I'm like, great. The Bigfoot mapping guy just had a Bigfoot sighting, you know, like, <laughs> you know, nobody's going to believe this. Like, come on. But, um, you know, the more I replay that moment and that that chance encounter in my head, I'm like, man. And the more data I go through and the more reports I read and the more stuff I learn about, like, wildlife corridors and think about what it takes to even recognize what you're seeing and it mm-hmm. and understand wildlife i'm like there is but my optimism about bigfoot being a flesh and blood a creature um that has a, a an established population in the united states for, the, for north america the world for that matter mm-hmm. my optimism is actually little by little with with more data, you think it would be the opposite that it would go. I'd be like, eh. but no. With more data, I'm like, this this makes sense. Like I, I know I'm probably a little biased, but I try. I really, really try hard to keep that out of any maps or anything I make, and um, let the data tell you know inform my opinion. I'm very open to being wrong, right? Uh, you have to be, right. but. The more I look at, like, one of the biggest things people recently have started asking, well, trail cameras. You know, there's trail cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a cell phone. I'm like, I've had deer come up to my trail camera, look at it once. I never see that deer again. You know, so you're telling me a deer can see it and never come by? Something that rivals the intelligence of a human? For sure. So, sure. sure. What do you think about, what do you have a hypothesis as far as, like, where you think they are able to you know, reside and stay out of contact. And, um, do you have any thoughts on that? You know, I, I try to compare it to what I know. Um, Mm -hmm. so like, for example, elusive bucks, right? If you'll always see deer for the most part, you know, you'd see does out in the field, younger Mm -hmm. bucks wandering around, but the smart ones, the ones with all the experience, you have to go deep. To, right. to deep and they stay in the re- I've watched them do it. They they will stay in the tree line and look out into a field and be like, you know, something just ain't right. I'm gonna right. stay right back here and turn around. And if they have that intelligence, I'm like, okay. There's certainly a possibility that Bigfoot is doing the same thing. They're just executing like they're they're gonna like hogs even. I don't know where hogs sleep to this day. Go find a sleeping hog, anybody. I challenge you. Right, right, right. You know, uh, so I think they just know their area. They know how to hide, and they know, and they they can pattern people very well. And they know, obviously, they can identify vehicles or our behavior, our body mm-hmm. language. So sure, I think they just have lived alongside us so long, like these other animals, and they're a bit more intelligent, where they can really adapt to uh hiding almost in plain sight it's it's you know how many times have you been on a hike or out somewhere and you step off the trail and there's a deer that you didn't see or a squirrel yeah, or sure. something you just never you could have stepped on it and oh, never yeah. known it was there so ca- countless times when there were things there and you never did see them you never did pick up yeah. on it you know yeah, it's I mean, all about that, situational awareness. Right, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And somebody who's not versed in that, like being a hunter, you are. But a lot of people, it's 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 trippy because I'll sit out on my back porch and I'll I'll have a a pipe and a beer and I'll I'll just sit there and I'll watch the birds and mm-hmm. it'll take a minute, but sometimes there'll be a bird or two or three that are in a tree that are so well camouflaged that you don't see them till they move. And then you're like, right. see, see, I'm a dummy. See, I, 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 you know, mother nature rules the roost when it comes to fooling the eye, 
you know? Mm-hmm. And if you're not, Absolutely, if you're not tuned into that, you know, you're not. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're driving down the road, you're hiking, you're doing your daily life. You're not, you're not going to think, uh, you know, I'm going to be, you're not always searching all the time with a hundred percent of your attention. Even when you are, yeah, I'll sure. admit it. I'll be the first one to admit when I'm out there anywhere, I miss stuff. All I have, I'll be, I do wildlife photography. Like I mentioned earlier when I'm, uh, out, I always have a camera generally. And, uh, I will be searching for an owl, for example, and I'll be look, look, looking, you know, and I'll turn around. There's one person in the tree behind me. I'm like, how did I not see that? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, I'm an idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll look around and be like, I swear I'm smarter than this. But that just goes to show you, like, I'm out there looking for it. I know what I'm looking for. I know where the, they live. Mm-hmm. I know their behaviors for the most part. Yeah. And I'll still be surprised. Right. So, sure. yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's we've talked before too on this show about Gigantopithecus and we know that that it existed, you know, and so mm-hmm. that that's the one thing that like we took a trip to which I don't know if you ever went down to the uh the Bigfoot Festival here in southeastern Oklahoma. Um but, I haven't had the luck yet, oh, but dude, I plan it, on it. It is fun and we had a great time. We didn't know what to expect, but like when you go down into those parts of the of uh, especially in Oklahoma, um, I'd yeah. say the Northwest also like very dense woods, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mountainous re- regions. Like, there's no telling what's out there, and we like to right. think that oh, well, we're really uh, we're a well populated world, and there's so many people. But there's a lot of places that aren't densely populated that these creatures could definitely reside in. You can, I mean. My brother um, flies, right? So uh, he recently told me, he was like, uh, you could fly from San Diego, California, all the way to Alaska, and you can always fly. Be, you're always over a forest for the most mm-hmm. part. Right. And, I mean, miles and miles and miles of uninhabited or sparsely inhabited forest. Mm-hmm. And for I agree with you. For somebody to say, like, how could we just not find that? Bigfoot, like how often do you see, there's 30,000 bears generally in this, in the state of Washington alone. Do you go out and see a bear every time you go in the woods? No. Do you know they're there for the most part? No. Uh, It's just, so I think it's, I think people that ask that question don't necessarily understand the scale of the wilderness that really, uh, it takes up so much of our continent. Yeah. Um, I think they just need to see that. I, I that's what I try and bring across in the maps, right? Like here's all the tree canopy cover in the in North America. Look how dense it is. And you're you know, you think you're gonna just throw a rock and hit a Bigfoot, you know? Right. <laughs> like, right. How many <laughs> so this is a an app that's available to people? Is that the way is that what what it is yeah. or what okay. Sure. If you want, I can uh, kind of do a little Spiel on oh, yeah, what the Bigfoot man. mapping project. Oh, is. Yeah, yeah, do yeah, it, yeah, man. Yeah. Because I think this will be something. I think I think this will be something that a lot of people definitely uh, will man. be definitely into. And gotta, we know that our uh, yeah, I was gonna well, say our, we've oh, got a, man. Our 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 friend. Uh, he's our uh, he's a special our special correspondent uh, and resident Bigfoot expert. Oh. Uh, and he also, whenever we have write-in stories, he's the one who reads those in place of the. The, the writer. Um, Does he do that? <clears throat> in a world where there were no men. That guy. You know, yeah. Well, we, we wish he, you know, nah, he just, we just, uh, he, we just include him. Um, <laughs> his voices are not that deep. Um, but uh, he is just, he is, he's big, big, big into Bigfoot. And uh, we were disappointed that he uh, wasn't able to join us tonight. Well, because, but I'm for sure that this will be something. No, that love that. I have a feeling that we're just going to be chatting anyway. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need, I need a dose yeah. of my Oklahoma news. Like oh, yeah, I'm yeah, a little out of touch there. I'm in the Facebook group. What's up Fairview. So like, I kind of, <laughs> that's great. That's a deep cut there. I know when somebody's selling a car in Fairview. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. 
That's great, man. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Yeah, for yeah. the listeners that don't know uh, out there, we were talking before, and it turns out Scott lived very close to me uh, here in uh, in Enid, America, and uh, it's just funny. It's such a small world, man. It's a small world, and uh, but, but, but Barry, but Barry, more importantly than that, Scott has eaten at El Charo. The greatest true. Uh, yes. restaurant in the universe, as How, we know. What did it's you amazing. Order there, by by the way, what did you order? <laughs> I am I am always just an enchilada guy. Enchilada okay, okay. Now, what you do? What you do next time you go through? And if you don't have, you don't know when you're going to do that next time. Make a special trip. Uh, but you want to get the number eleven, right? So you get your enchilada, but you also get uh, the chili rianio. And uh, okay. And then, then you tell them, now here's the secret, okay? You tell them that you don't want rice and beans. You want extra macaroni because, you know, they give you that macaroni. Let me tell you, Oklahoma, there's only two places I've ever eaten where they put macaroni mm-hmm. with your Mexican food. And there's one. It's on Main Street in Fairview. Um, God, I can't remember the name of the restaurant now. It's, there's only – it's the first – it's in an office building next to a landman in El Charo. I, I was like – when I first got it, I was like, what is going on here? It's specialty. It's a specialty. It is. It is yeah. a specialty thing. And it yeah. is incredible. But yeah, you tell them that. You tell them you want extra macaroni. And then odds are they'll know that somehow I sent you. Okay. Um, it's like a little code. But like, because <laughs> um, seriously, like whenever I go in, that like I haven't lived in Kingfisher, Oklahoma um, since the mid 90s. Okay. basically and i still go in and they know me and i don't look exactly like i did uh in you know 1990 none of us do yeah. you know <laughs> but uh adam but must be they, here he orders the they, extra mac. they know me man yeah. yeah they know me they know me and they know i tell people and it's the number 11 i own say uh cheese quesadilla Noted. cheese i get the cheese quesadilla with the not the con carne sauce uh, with like a different sauce, and then um, of course you get the chili rianio. And never, I, there's no place in the world that have had that they serve a chili rianio the same way they do there at El Charo. God, we we need a uh, we need a sponsorship here for God's sakes. Yeah, we really we I have plugged like this so much, I man. Passion. I have a passion for this. <laughs> I can. It comes through. Like, <laughs> like you know, you go this through, is, look, this you get the and also there's a special way with the chi, the chips and salsa you got to mix that the cheese and the salsa equally in, in one and have it all there together into one. There you go. I'm telling you. There you all go. right. So anyway, what was okay? This what, where were you here? Again? <laughs> Sorry. I mean, aside from talking about El Charo, but what, what was the reason? <laughs> Why am I? We can just keep going. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's a nice t-shirt you got on there. Oh, thanks, dude. It's brand new. Do you like that? It's one of the official What's Your Weird Story t-shirts. Where'd you get that? It's funny that you ask. I just got it off the brand new Spreadshirt.com site for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. There's no www. You just go straight to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash what without the apostrophe W-H-A-T-S hyphen Y-E-O dash w-e-i-r-d dash s-t-o-r-y and that'll take you right there i mean you can never own enough clothing well that's true barry there's t-shirts for the ladies because you know they're cut differently there's hoodies which are really cool there's two different kinds of hoodies and there's also tote bags so you can tote your stuff that's so cool man so if you guys go out to spreadshirt.com what's your weird story currently there are two designs but there will be more going up very soon so just keep your eyes out for that and if you decide to get one of our shirts tag yourself on instagram to ours or facebook show your love show us what you got let's see your true colors So we're looking for a little help from our friends. We need you, our loyal listeners, to help us spread the word about the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Just go to your current podcast provider, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, YouTube. We're just about everywhere. Hit the subscribe button, download the podcast, give us a thumbs up, hit the like button, give us the highest rating you can, and give us a review. The What's Your Weird Story podcast is a community effort. Without our friends and listeners, it wouldn't be possible to do what we do. So please help us out by spreading the word.
dude scott thank you for sharing those stories we had such a good time uh talking to scott we talked for 20 minutes before we started recording because he's been all around where barry lives and uh and he's even he's even been to our hometown he's even eaten at el charo amazing um, that's it's amazing. you know that was just awesome um as you you know but uh we um, we we had such a good time. We we're splitting up the conversation because it was you know about a two hours long. That's how long we talked to him. So um, he'll be returning as our guest next week, and he'll really be getting into his uh, the Bigfoot mapping project and all of that stuff. And um, yeah, so Scott, thanks again for joining us. He's now in our eyes. He is a. Uh, uh, official, uh, he's a, he's a weird villain, for sure, and he's also a, an a uh, an Oki, even though he's from uh, he's from New York. Yeah, yeah, state. You know, it's New York, but yeah, he was he was um, a lot of fun to talk to, and it's a small world, and yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, he literally lived like maybe not even a mile from where I live, and um, it's. You know, when there are certain times when you talk to people, we've had it a few times on the on the show where you're just you really connect, man. And not just because he's lived around here, but just, you know, same kind of mentality. You know, he's a curious person and uh, he's interested in finding things out. And and we just had a great it's easy conversation and uh, like very informative like i said before um, when we were talking about introducing him i just didn't realize how mapping worked and exactly what all goes into it and now that we are learning mm-hmm. in the next episode we'll learn even more yeah yeah it, it makes so much more sense to me as to how this can be something that can just grow and be just a really great place to collect information and point us in the direction of, you know, where these things are and how they move and and uh, and how we experience them. It was just really cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Scott, thanks again. It was a great, great conversation. And uh, we definitely look forward to more conversations. And part two for people that have, have uh, listened to this one, part two is going to be that much more, like, mind-bending. Yeah, yeah, we're really going to dig into the technical side of it in part two next week. And, uh, yeah, it's great stuff. So, once again, Scott, uh, thank you for joining us. And, hey, everybody out there listening in Weirdsville, thank you for joining us. And we hope that you all uh, had a a good Memorial Day if you are here in the U.S. states. Um, and everywhere else in the world, we hope that you are uh, doing just just peachy keen, dandy fine. Um, we would love to hear from you. We would love to have, hear from you if you got any questions or comments. Um, or obviously, and you know, this is coming up part of our spiel. Um, you know, we would love to hear from your stories. So you can um, be, maybe be a guest here on the show, or you can just email them and we'll have our uh, special correspondent and our resident Bigfoot expert uh, and voice of uh, the li- listener, Mr. Jeff Hubbard, come on and read your stories. You can email them to our email, official email, WYWSPOD at gmail.com or you can uh, contact us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places or through our website www.whatsyourweirdstory.com where you can listen to uh, all of our episodes and download them and uh, email us, contact us and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, we want to hear from you guys. Um, we love talking to you. We love making new friends like Scott. We, I mean, really, you know, I think for the most part, Barry, we, within the first like 10, 15 minutes, we kind of become fairly fair. We feel like we've made friends, you know, whenever we're talking to somebody we haven't talked to before, the way we do it. And with Scott, it was like, Oh man, wow. It's like, you know, you almost, it was almost like he grew up with us, you know, or at least like the next town over. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. And that just goes to show you, you know, uh, 
even though he's from the East Coast, um, it's 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 the same sort of uh, mentality and the same uh, view on life. Um, some of my best friends are from the East Coast, and mm-hmm. and so I, I really. I have a lot of love for, for folks over in that area. I just feel like they're very, they're very honest people and, um, they're very loyal, ah, yeah, very, yeah, yeah. very loyal, yes, yes. very loyal. And, um, and so, yeah, so there was just, uh, just a lot of, it just goes to show you that no matter where you grow up, there's nothing that separates us, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, we're all, we're all together in this thing and no matter where you grow up in the U S or abroad, um, People are people, and yeah, people ha- people have cool experiences, and and people that want to interact and and want to get in touch and talk about these things. The whole reason why we do it is to have conversation and learn about each other. You know, that's that's the main thing. You know, mm-hmm. we we can set as, aside differences and just talk about normal things in life, and I think that's what ultimately I think that's what we need more of. And, um, hopefully over the last, you know, four years or close to four years that we've been doing this, hopefully we've, we've been able to, you know, lay some groundwork for that and, and help each other understand where we're all coming from. Yep. Yep. That's the whole point of Weirdsville. We're trying to build the community and share our experiences and uh, our stories and not, you know, not not without judgment and without, you know, desire for proving or, or debunking. You know, we just love to hear good stories. We love talking to people. We love talking to you guys. And um, we will be back next week with Scott once again for um, this part two and we hope that you all join us and um, you know uh, we hope that uh, the the time in between is brief but um, in and always good and pe- uh, pleasurable and uh, positive pleasurable sounds a little <laughs> racy but um, hey we you know we, we hope it is because uh, that's good stuff there. Um, all right. I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I'm being pointed to, and that's the door. So, everybody, uh, we'll have we'll see you next time here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Okay, okay. Uh, be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.